You are listening to The Secrets of Middle-Earth on sqpn.com. The battle for Middle-Earth is about to begin. Where do you travel to find Middle-Earth? How can you fight the shadows of Angmar? created the dwarves. I thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. Why are elves immortal? You will linger on in darkness and in doubt. It's nightfall in winter that comes without a star. What is the ultimate evil of Sauron? Join me on a quest for answers through the books, the movies, and the games that tell us the legendary adventures of hobbits, dwarves, men, and elves in Tolkien's Middle-earth. Hello and welcome back to The Secrets of Middle-earth. I'm Father Roderick, and joining me today here in the Misty Mountains are Laura Burkholz and Dave Kale. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Morning, Father. It's a very cold morning here in the Misty Mountains, and um, I am uh, right here with some dwarfs in a stronghold that they built right at the southern part of the Misty Mountains. But as you can tell, I'm on my horse, and together with Laura and Dave, we are going to explore this dangerous area of, uh, of Middle-earth. Dangerous because of the large amount of, of nasty creatures that lurk here, and there are actually not many safe, uh, safe havens in, uh, in the Misty Mountains. So don't be surprised if every once in a while um, <laughs> trolls will start hurling stones at us or we will get attacked by some animals or, or worse creatures. Yeah, it's all part of the fun of uh, walking around here in the Misty Mountains. Uh, Laura, can you tell me something a little bit in general about the Misty Mountains? Uh, what happened in, in these areas? Are there any uh, parts of the story of The Hobbit or um, The Lord of the Rings that take place in these areas? Oh, sure. Actually, in, in uh, The Hobbit, Bilbo um, goes into the Misty Mountains with the dwarves and Gandalf, and, and they're the ones who run into those stone giants who are hurling stones at one another um, and making sounds like thunder and, uh, and scaring them quite a bit. Well, I haven't seen these stone-hurling creatures just yet, but <laughs> while I'm actually saying this... Oh, here is one! <laughs> oh man, these look like like yetis. Um, yeah, this is an, a snow monster. And um, actually, it's pursuing me. I cannot believe that it's trying to attack me. Ah, ah, let's get off my horse. <laughs> I need to defend myself. Otherwise, this is going to be a very short episode. <laughs> Holy moly, these are nasty creatures. Actually, what is that thing? Um, he's almost... I think that's a... Uh, that's one of the stone giants, isn't it? Well, uh, actually, this is a, 
It's it's described it's as a yeti. as a snow beast, and it looks like a yeti. Uh-huh. Um, it's 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 got a white fur, and it's uh, it's pretty tall. It's definitely taller than I am. So for a hobbit, this must look like a giant, actually. But <clears throat> I think that these might be related to 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 trolls, actually. Uh, and yes. um, if I'm correct. Tolkien describes uh, the, uh, a, a lot of different trolls, and he talks uh, about diff- different varieties, different categories of trolls. You've got stone trolls, cave trolls, hill trolls, mountain trolls, forest trolls, and and snow trolls. So he does mention snow trolls. I wouldn't be surprised. These are pretty tiny for trolls, because I do remember seeing trolls in other parts of Middle Earth uh, that are a lot taller. But their behavior is definitely troll-like. I mean, just hurling stones and not being able to entertain a uh, intelligent uh, conversation for more than one second. <laughs> definitely <laughs> sounds like trolls to me. Yeah. <laughs> hold well, on. Hold on. Here's, well, here's, Bilbo, uh, found here's another a cave one. Hold on. To hide in. Yeah. That's how he got away from the stone giants in the Misty Mountains. Okay. Well, I'm trying to get past this one. It's. It's. I'm a little. I'm in a in a narrow passage. You hear him? He's yeah. standing with his back towards me, so he can't see me now. But I'm in this narrow passage, and there is just no way to get past him without him seeing me. So I'm just going to run and see what happens. <laughs> Uh-oh. <gasps> oh, he's hurling stones at me again. But this time, I, there, I, I just hope I no can outrun There's no caves nearby, huh? The, and the cave where, where Bilbo and the dwarves went was full of orcs. Or go- uh, goblins, actually, oh, really? is what they call them, the Hobbit. Yep, and but that's where Bilbo found Gollum in the ring. Oh wow! So, yeah. So, isn't that uh, the narrator of the Hobbit says he says he gives a general warning about caves that that's you always got to be worried about caves because you you know you never know how deep they go and where they end up leading <laughs> and you never know who sure. you might find in there. Well, you but, might find the one ring of power. But if you're on the run for a snow beast like I am right now, um, <laughs> you know, a cave is definitely at least a short-term uh, solution to, to the problems. Because if you stand here for too long and they start hurling these big rocks to me, towards me, it, it, you know, it's not good for my health. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm now on a, a, a small hill and it's, it's very cold, snowy. Uh, there's a, a lake, a small lake, It's actually more like a pond on the other side of the hill. It's surrounded by tall gray mountains. And in the distance, these mountains only get taller and taller. And um, uh, surrounding this lake, I can see a number of... Well, I think these are snow lynxes. Those are not really dangerous. I mean, they can bite you. They, they do attack you sometimes. But they are definitely easier to get rid of than these, these snow monsters. There are actually two... Snow. I'm just gonna call them snow trolls because I'm pretty sure that they are related related to the trolls. Um, there are two of them standing on both sides of this small lake. So I guess that if I just take my horse, let me call my horse, I can just ride through the lake because it's frozen, and then probably they won't be able to uh, to spot me. This is the Frostile Pond. Okay, I just barely. <laughs> escape them. They're not very bright. <laughs> They definitely don't work in, in groups. So I'm I'm following this this track, this path, and I don't know exactly where I'm going. 
And it's interesting you ran across dwarves because uh, the Misty Mountains are the birthplace of the dwarves. Really? That's where, where yep, where uh, Durin the Deathless started out is in the far northern Misty Mountains, way back in the first stage. Right. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, you know the get off the Misty horse. Mountains are. Oh, go ahead, Father. No, I was just saying I'm I'm going to get off my horse because I'm 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 afraid that my horse will will attract the attention of uh, some other critters that I can see here. Uh, now, in addition to the snow trolls, I can also see nasty huge bears and um, I don't know what this is actually. It looks like a bird. Um, it is. Let me get a bit closer so I can see what it is. It's a hawk, and these hawks can also attack you, actually, and they do attack in groups. So go ahead. Uh, you were talking about the the Misty Mountains. I was so. just going to say that I I don't know about you guys, but I sometimes struggle with the geography of uh, Tolkien's world, and mm-hmm. so I got a copy of um, uh, of the the Atlas of Middle Earth by Karen Wynne Fonstad. Nice. And there's a nice, huge two page map. Mm-hmm. Um, of the Misty Mountains, and it's pretty interesting. Once you once you take a close look at it, you start realizing that a lot of the action of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings takes place in and around these mountains. Um, oh, sure, yeah, because Moria is in the southern. Misty Rivendell's mountains. right at the foots of it. Yeah. And, yes. yeah, Moria's in sort of the southern half. Uh, Caradhras and the Red Horde Pass. The Lorien's just on the other side of it. Mirkwood's and just on the other side of it. Isengard. Isengard's at the yeah Fangorn. Um, yeah, these are sort of almost the the, the almost kind of the the, um, the almost the center of the action for a lot of the a lot of the at least for the Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers and the Hobbit. I've got it's a, a lot of it's yeah. a lot of play. I've got a simplified map here in 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 front of me, which shows me where I am currently. So we came from uh, the almost the beginning of the Misty Mountains in the southwest. And from there, I traveled directly eastwards. I could also go up to the Brunnen source, uh, the northern part of the Misty Mountains. I know that there are some orcs living there. Uh, but instead, I'm, I first want to go uh, east, and I'm heading for the High Crag. And from there, I will go southwards to the Giant Halls. And I've been there once before. It's a very dangerous area. But we might bump into, actually, the elusive... Giants and uh, well, of course we we gotta see if we can meet them face to face. Almost no one has ever seen them, but uh, perhaps we will we will come across a few of them. So I'm trying to av- avoid this uh, this bear that is just sitting there. I guess these bears are not really evil. I mean, in 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 Middle Earth, you actually have a um, a distinction between creatures that are just, you know, nasty and dangerous because of their nature, like we have nasty, <laughs> dangerous animals in, in our world, and you've got really corrupted animals, you've got corrupted creatures. And if I'm not mistaken, but correct me if I'm wrong, Laura or Dave, um, trolls and orcs are more of the category of, of corrupted creatures, so they are on, under the influence of, of Sauron, right? Yes. Yes, they have more. Uh, they have more of an evil purpose to them, whereas the animals, you know, like the bears, uh, are just trying to, you know, find something to eat. But yeah, there, there's the there's the distinction between um, 
just oh. bad things in the world, then that would be like animals trying to attack you. Uh, talking about like animals attacking me, this bear is trying to get to me. I guess he's looking for some breakfast here. Oh, man. It's noisy. Wow. Okay, he's dead. <laughs> you were saying? Wait. I'm glad that's you out there, Father, not me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These are giant bears. No cubs in sight. Really giant bears. Well, They're yeah. Bjorn-sized bears. <sighs> man. Yeah, I was just going to mention yeah. Bjorn. He's the, the, the man, I guess he is, in The Hobbit who can turn into a bear or take like a bear, oh, really? a bear disguise. Nice. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's, there are more. That's thing- a strange part of the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. Hob- there's a few things that mm-hmm. don't quite fit in with everything else, and uh, Bjorn is one of them because he can sort of shape shift yes. into uh, into a bear. It's something that and you his see name in a lot means of bear fans. in it's old a- English. Right. It's it's something you see in a lot of um, fantasy books. Uh, you know, shape-shifting abilities. It's also something that has become quite popular in, in science fiction stories. Um, but it's it's not something that Tolkien expanded upon later on when he wrote um, The Lord of the Rings. And, and you see that uh, with a lot of things. Um, it, the, the Hobbit was more of a children's book, wasn't wasn't it? Originally? Yes. Yeah, he, wrote right. that for, he wrote that for his own children. Okay. He started telling them these tales of a hobbit. And uh, just expanded it into a children's book, and it was kind of coincidence uh, because he had actually already written most of the the Silmarillion, his larger mythology. He took the Hobbit and sort of just stuck Elrond in there, and then made it part of the of the bigger mythology. But there's quite a few things that don't really quite fit in, and he didn't really feel the need to go back and try to make everything fit into the larger mythology. Well, no, not unless there was a really good reason. Um, you know, the Glorfindel thing sort of an example of, of him, you know, the sort of making Glorfindel from the Lord of the Rings, the Glorfindel from the earlier uh, Silmarillion stories. But, uh, but he did that, you know, for a really good reason, because he thought that there was sort of, a, by doing that, by introducing reincarnation, it sort of got at deeper themes that he thought were important. For other stuff, he's just happy to let it be, and there's no explanation. It's a story, and, you know, just enjoy it. Quit worrying too much about consistency. Right. Hey, in the meantime, I'm in this big valley here, and there's a huge mountain range in front of me. I'm actually uh, still on foot uh, going east, and I'm trying to get to the this 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 other valley um, where there are supposed to be giants, and I'm trying to take uh, sh- um, actually the the most eastern passage because it's a little bit easier. Um, I know that there there's another passage that goes um, to th- that same valley, but it's. It's filled with uh, very hostile dwarves, and uh, they've got a bit of a stronghold there. It's very difficult to navigate. Well, hold on, <laughs> talking about dwarves. Actually, I'm bumping into a few of these dwarves here. And um, and these are actually factions of dwarves, and I don't know if this is part of, of Tolkien's canon um, uh, and of the books, but these are... Um, Actually, really, dwarves that, that are not as friendly as as Gimli and his friends. These are called uh, Dourhand dwarves, and they seem to be 
more part of the uh, of the the dark side, <laughs> if that's a term that you can use. But they definitely seem to surf Sauron, or at least, you know, they are on their own. But they're very dangerous. They're very uh, hostile. Do you know? Do you know anything about mm. hostile dwarves or? Well, yeah, there were different groups of dwarves. Um, I don't think any of them were working for Sauron, but uh, mm-hmm. there might have been some that just were not friendly to outsiders at all. And, and in fact, all the most of the dwarves were not friendly to outsiders. That's true. I mean, they're they're grumpy by nature. Well, uh, <laughs> but they do. You know, yeah, I think. One interesting thing about that, I I don't know that there's explicit references to um, evil dwarves in the story, mm-hmm. but um, they do mention for the for the last the, the last alliance when the last alliance of the elves and men, Gilgalad and Elendil, when they go and fight Sauron, there mm-hmm. is a reference in uh, the Silmarillion to that where they point out explicitly that. Um, Creatures from every race and every kind of every species fought on both sides, except for the elves. The elves were the only ones who, 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 without exception, fought on the good side. Everybody else, there were men on both sides. There are, you know, creatures on on both sides. And presumably, if you take that statement to be true and not just, you know, elvish propaganda, uh, presumably that means there's dwarves fighting on both sides. Right. Well. Here's another creature in the distance that <laughs> it looks pretty amazing. It's um, it's actually a woolly mammoth. It's it, it, I had no idea. Well, we saw these now, big <laughs> elephant-like creatures uh, in the movies, but this one olifant. Is, mm-hmm. Yeah, but this this does, doesn't look like an it elephant. Must be a northern olifant. Could be. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the woolly mammoths. Well, I'm walking towards. <laughs> They it. look cool. Yeah, they look really cool. But there are there are elephants. <laughs> Here, you hear him? As he he's walking past me, he's gigantic. He's at least twice my height, but he seems to be pretty pretty friendly. He's not hostile. attacking me. Yeah, he's not hostile. Although I guess Sam if I, would be thrilled. Oh man, look at that! He's got these giant. Oh. <sighs> Sam would be just. Sam would be going nuts. Why? He would be so excited. Really? Oh, because Sam, Sam was Olifants. a huge fan of the uh, Olifants. There, there are all these. You know, the 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 Shire folk were pretty sort of provincial. A lot of there wasn't weren't many of them that traveled outside those bounds, but some of them did, and they would come back and tell stories, and then these stories would sort of get passed around. Yeah. And uh, um, and, and one of the stories that a traveler brought him back at some point were about all elephants or olifants as, as Sam called them mm-hmm. and it was one of those things that he always hoped he'd get to see one and you know the Ted Sandymans of the world would say no there's no such thing <laughs> you're just buying into kids tales again Sam and Sam's like no no I think they're real and I'm going to see one and then they finally see one in the two towers and they're just thrilled wow well <clears throat> I, I, I'm leaving the wooly mem- uh, <laughs> mammoth for what it is And I'm en- entering this pass um, that is going south, and it's it's going up, and it's definitely getting even colder than it was. And this is a quite there's this eerie silence. The only thing I can hear are my footsteps and the wind that blows through this pass. No creatures here for now. So unfortunately. Uh, 
Inge was unable to join us. She's, uh, she's a bit ill, and so we left her in Rivendell with the elves. Um, they've got pretty good guest rooms and uh, all sorts of elven cures, so I'm pretty sure that she'll be on her feet uh, before we know it. But she did pass on some, some information about the elef- uh, olifants. Is that how you call them in Middle-earth? Yes, olifant. Well, that's what Sam calls them. Yeah, <laughs> according to Inge... Um, and and I can I can confirm this. Uh, olifant, olifant is actually the Dutch word for elephant. And of course, you know, elephant, olifant, it's it's the same root. Hey, I'm looking down. Actually, I walked up to the right side of this uh, of this narrow pass because in the distance I see a very very dangerous, potentially dangerous creature. It is our first giant, and I'm just gonna sneak up from this from this oh wait a minute right there on the left side I can see down below a giant but there is an even well I'm not sure if it's more dangerous but it's definitely equally dangerous creature and this is a genuine troll and he is also kind of guarding the entrance to the valley and you know what shall we do shall we attack them Or wait for them to attack us, or shall we just try to sneak past them? I have no idea. This troll looks really sturdy and a lot more dangerous than the snow trolls that we encountered earlier on. I'd be in favor of sneaking past. Okay. I say attack. (laughs) Both of them at once. Hold on. Well, you know what? I think that if I... If I continue, if I try to sneak past them, we'll definitely bump into some of these trolls and giants that we won't be able to avoid. So we'll get our share of uh, of, of battling, I think. Uh, let me just describe what this giant looks like. Actually, it's not a giant. It's not a fairy tale giant. This guy is big, but let's say he, he's probably like two and a half times my size. So it, that's definitely big. And for a for a, a, a hobbit, this must be enormous but it's it's not the you know it's not a godzilla godzilla type of (laughs) of giant in size at least and the troll looks like a a regular troll um it's gray skinned um very muscular uh walks around almost naked despite the cold so (laughs) definitely used to these temperatures here um and and the the giant itself looks Human uh, actually looks um, like a well. It's a, a bearded guy. He's got these big leather boots, leather clothes, but bare arms. And so again, these creatures must must think that it's uh, you know very pleasant temperatures here. Whereas I have to <laughs> wrap myself in everything that's woolen and, and warm to keep me from uh, <clears throat> catching a cold or worse. Uh oh. I actually I I think. There is no way to sneak past this troll. So I'm going to try to get past him. And there are a couple of bears here. Oh, no, there's another troll. I I don't think this is going to end well. <laughs> I was just remembering when I was in Norway a few years back. We yes. went on the troll stegen. That's up in the mountains, uh, the troll road. Yes. But we, we didn't get attacked, though. There okay. were no... It's funny, the trolls were leaving me alone, but now this bear is attacking me. Just, just when I thought I was safe. It's a good thing I've got pretty sturdy armor. Good. 
he's dead. Now, you know what? I could do the... I could just uh, take my lightsaber. If this was st were Star Wars and this was the planet of Hoth, I would take my lightsaber and uh, cut the fur of the of the Baron. Carve him open. <laughs> yeah. It m doesn't smell too good, but it sure keeps you warm. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Oh, you know, man. It's pretty uh, sad. Uh, there's all these evil creatures in the uh, valley, trolls and whatnot, and you're going around and killing the poor wild animals, the yeah, bears. I know. They're just looking for I know. Food. But, you know, you hear those sounds? Those are the trolls, actually. It, it, it's almost as if these trolls are nearsighted. Because the bears do spot me, they do attack me, but these trolls don't. Actually, I think I... The bears I, are probably smarter than the trolls. Yes, yeah, from what I heard. <laughs> they're not very smart. <laughs> the trolls are extremely stupid. And, um, and, and, and I read, actually, that... Um, and this is part of, of what uh, one of the Ents tells the hobbits. Um, the trolls were actually almost created as the uh, evil... Uh, Antithesis or an, 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 antithesis? How do you pronounce that? Antithesis, uh, yes. So they're like, like the counterpart of ants. So ants were very good creatures and trolls were almost a caricature. Uh oh. Yeah, that's what Treebeard thought. That, yes. Uh, that, uh, that's a the bit of speculation Lord. on Treebeard's part. No one, uh, I think that's sort of, we're meant to take that as that's Treebeard's opinion and it's maybe, you know, who knows? Who knows where the trolls really come from? But I think you have to assume that they're something corrupted because one of the you know one of the essential assumptions is that evil can't create, and so everything that I always wonder about that with the dragons. I'm not sure mm -hmm. where the heck they're supposed to come from, but uh, but you know one of the essential themes is that that um, uh, Morgoth and later Sauron are not exactly creative guys. They're not making new things. Um, so there stuff's Morgoth always corrupted. Didn't Morgoth breed? He bred the dragons. But what it did doesn't he breed say, them from? Well, it doesn't say what he mm -hmm. bred them from. There's all sorts of speculation. Well, we see that. the eagles or... Yeah. So same same thing with the trolls. The trolls, you know, it, it seems presumably they seem quite similar to the ants. So that's a that's as good a theory as any. And and it sounds I think the ants take a certain amount of umbrage at them. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting to um, to see this. Uh, the, if you look at the the bigger picture of evil in in Middle Earth, it's almost as if every time we encounter evil in Middle Earth, it's a corruption of something that originally was good or it's a it's a caricature of another creature that was created as a good creature and and I think that this really goes back to the 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 overall vision that that Tolkien had of of creation where you know Iluvatar created a, a beautiful world and it was it was uh, only later on that that the music the original uh, music that 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 was the source of all creation got corrupted and there was disharmony introduced and um, and, and I, I I think that's 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 a fundamentally um, Christian view I think of evil and, and goodness it, it, it's it's not as like for instance you what you see in some Eastern philosophies where creation has both evil and good and and God or the gods that created this this world actually created both good creatures and evil creatures and 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 created some kind of balance between dark and and light between white and black you know the yin yang type of thing or what you see in George Lucas's his um 
uh, vision of the balance of the force, you know, where you've got the dark side of the force and it needs to be counterbalanced by the light side of the force. In Tolkien's world, it's, it's much more like, and correct me again if I'm wrong, but I, I've got the feeling that in Tolkien's view of Middle-earth, creation was originally something good and if good. there was yes. if there was evil introduced into this world and and darkness and horrible things and and even you know aesthetically uh nasty things and things that look awful or ugly it is usually by a corruption and and the corruption in itself was not uh was not willed or was not was not made by uh or caused by Iluvatar it was you know his his other creations. Um, I forgot the, their their names. Yes. Uh, Morgoth. Well, uh, Luvatar created good a, a good world, but he created these beings that have free will. Uh, so Morgoth, because he had his own will, was the one who initially created this disharmony in the music and disharmony in creation. So that's kind of the root of where all the evil is coming from. So and then and then Morgoth is is uh, going around, you know, at the at the time of the Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion still directly influencing what's going on right. in Middle Earth. Yeah. Um, you know one of the one of the recurring themes in Tolkien's works that he lays out in his um, uh, fairy tales um, short story or essay is 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 creation and subcreation and and these beings the the Ainur the Valar the Maiar they're all subcreative beings there's there are beings right. who don't have don't have the power of creation independently they 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 have it through Iluvatar and so Morgoth's fall at the you know at the very beginning is sort of a sub-creative fall he's a guy who takes the power the creative power that he's given through Iluvatar and decides to try and abuse it and use it not to participate but rather to try and dominate um, both the music and the, the sort of the, the other Einar and the people around him and so, so he, when he goes, sort of goes off on his own, and he goes against the Iluvatar and the fabric of his being, against mm-hmm. sort of the, the harmony of the music, he doesn't have the power to independently create things. And so, all he can do is corrupt. All he can do is take the the music, or later on the actual Arda or the creatures that live in it, and tr- sort of mangle them and corrupt them. But you know the the key there is that that he still can only work with what has been created through Iluvatar at the at the start, and uh, and and ultimately, and this is a fundamentally Christian idea too. I think ultimately everything that he does is used for greater good in the long run. That that through all the despite the evil things that he does and the tragedy that he causes, he really only ends up making the overall story more beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, while you were talking, I was actually trying to find a safe place here, and I'm literally between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> Next to me is a rock, and then there's this, these hard mountains, and I'm trying to hide from this giant. That it, this is another giant. Looks like the brother of the guy that we just met, and he is blocking my way. Actually, on the left side there's a giant, and on the right side where I want to go is a mammoth a couple of bears and a huge troll. And so I'm pondering as to which road to take, which enemy will be easier to defeat. And and I'm wondering if, if these giants are are evil per se or whether they are just, you know, guarding their territory or perhaps they've got, you know, their kids playing outside and they're just wary of these 
heavily armed humans that are invading their territory. Uh, uh, it's coming my way. This one doesn't have a beard. He looks a little bit younger than the other one. He's staring right at me, but I think he's myopic too because he doesn't see me. This one seems to. Man, I don't. I don't know if we know. We don't know. We don't get a lot of um, about the giants from sort of the primary Tolkien sources. Really, the only place it's, they really are explicitly named is in the Hobbit, oh. and they don't seem evil then. They just seem sort of no. They just uh, petty. they almost seem like um, like oh. in other fairy yeah. tales. Oh how man, you would explain thunder. Yeah, well, thunder is what I'm hearing because this giant uh -oh. has seen me. Oh man, he yeah. just. He is killing me. Hold on. Uh oh, he's, he's kicking rocks as if it's soccer. Can you believe that? Hold on, I'm gonna try to fight him, but I'm not sure if this is... What you happened? You might want to use your map. He's running away. He's running Did you away. say he kicked you like soccer? Yeah, he kicked me with his, with his foot. And he just threw well, me you know, like... That's they make that away. reference in The Hobbit. They, they they talk about how they're the dwarves are worried that the giants are going to pick them up and and punt them like in football, <laughs> well, which seems like a really did. weird reference. <laughs> oh what, my goodness! Why is Bilbo writing? You know, presumably The Hobbit is Bilbo's memoirs. Why is yeah. he writing? <laughs> where did, how does he know about soccer and football? They must have played it. Well, they must have Shut a up. Hobbit a Hobbit sure. version. <laughs> well, I'm glad that he didn't pursue. He, pro he probably was like, wow, this looks that just like lucky. a mini giant. Yeah, well, because he was definitely unbeatable for me. I'm, instead, I'm going to try to sneak past this gray troll that is, um, that is waiting here. Actually, I thought these trolls couldn't, um, couldn't live in daylight. Didn't they freeze in, in daylight, or is it direct sunlight? I think they're well. Uh, no, it's yeah, daylight. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's huh. but maybe it's great. Maybe it's gradations of this daylight. might be a different sort of troll. But yeah, weren't there also there like higher, higher, higher forms of trolls that that Sauron breeds or something? The same way that he does with the orcs that are more resistant to sunlight, or maybe the game designer, you know, or maybe I don't know. Maybe these are just different trolls. Could be. Hey, I've been reading up a little bit about the trolls and. Um Tolkien, of course, knew his, his literature very well. And, and in Beowulf, you've got a lot of uh, troll-like creatures. Um, and they were actually described in, in Beowulf as tortured races that were thought to be the descendants of the cursed biblical murderer Cain, you know, from the, the, the first book of the Bible. And, huh. and, and the interesting okay. thing is that in, in Anglo-Saxon literature... Um, the the words used for these troll-like beings um, were eoten, which could mean both giant or and and here we have it in Old English it could also mean ent. So giants and ents uh, are, come from the same origin in in uh, in ancient uh, in ancient Anglo-Saxon literature, and and trolls uh, were known to be very very stupid. Um, but um, and, and they couldn't even speak. There were only a few types of trolls that were were able to uh, learn the rudiments of uh, black speech, which is, I think, the the the, the language that is used by by Sauron's uh, minions, isn't it? Black speech. Well, it's the purest form is the one that he invented, and then his minions sort of. I was reading a little bit about this. Um, uh, his minions use use it somewhat, but they actually the orcs sort of have their own dialects, and they mix the black speech into it, but they don't use it exclusively. Right. <laughs> these these trolls are also a part of the Scandinavian fairy tale tradition. 
Um, but in Scandinavian countries, oh my goodness. Ah, uh, there's the giant again. I gotta run. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. In the... Oh, no, and now a couple of bears pursuing me as well. Oh, this, oh, is, boy. this is not good. Oh, there's a whole den of bears here on my right. Oh, my goodness. And they're all, they're all running after me. Let's see if I can outrun them. Let's go to the left here. Oh, no, two trolls are standing here, and I'm just going to <laughs> run towards these giant mammoths. Perhaps these mammoths can scare them off. There you go. <laughs> I'm in the middle of at least there are at least six or seven mammoths surrounding me, and apparently they're big enough for for the trolls to uh, to stay away from them. Um, so in these Scandinavian tales, the trolls are actually uh, huge; they're just as big as mountains. And and in ancient Scandinavian lore, um, the 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 trolls were everywhere. You know, every part of the world would have its own type of trolls, and I guess that that's where Tolkien got his ideas for these different types of trolls and um, and they were uh, mostly hidden underground right in, in caves natural caves and um, scared of the of the daylight which I think is probably linked to their them being evil uh, you know whatever is dark and evil mm. kind of seems to uh, try to stay the way of the light which of course is kind of the metaphor is the symbol of of good and of you know of God also in a way yes yeah. It's also interesting that uh, mountainous regions seem to have their own sort of, uh, you know, mm -hmm. evil creatures, trolls and giants and um, yetis and mm -hmm. things like that. Well, they sure like congregating there, don't they? Yes. <laughs> it's always, you know, mountains make us curious. It, it, it is mysterious. You never see exactly what's in front of you. Um, or what's just around the corner. So I'm not surprised that it, it, you know, being in a landscape like this or living like in Scandinavian countries, you've got lots of mountains, lots of snow. You never know exactly what hides underground or, or around or in these dangerous mountain passes. And I often think, you know, I live in the Netherlands normally if I'm not walking around in Middle Earth, which is a very flat country. And we hardly have these stories. And I guess it's because we can just see all the way to the horizon. It's all flat. There are no surprises. We have stories about windmills and dikes, but not about big giants or trolls. <laughs> <laughs> not as much mystery. Well, we do have stories, well, you know, we do have stories about, um, uh, about dwarves, um, but, but it's, well, those are really tiny dwarves. <laughs> we call them kabouters. Gnomes. Uh, wow. Yeah, they're almost gnomes. Oh my goodness, I think I just made a fatal error. Uh, I've got another um, giant pursuing me. He was actually on, uh -oh. on guard. I've got a troll and a, a giant running after me. Fortunately, I'm a lot faster than they are. Um, let me try to go towards... Yeah, I think I'm safe. <laughs> Good, sorry. <laughs> I was actually trying to go up north again. There is a, a passageway, and that is definitely part of, of a dwarven settlement. It's got this very old, um, but also pretty sturdy, you know, square type of uh, uh, architecture. It's a gate, and it, it is actually the other passage that I tried to avoid earlier on when we were heading when we were heading south. Because before we um, end our trip through the Misty Mountains, I do want to travel north uh, to prepare for our next uh, episode. Wow, I see some, some elven warriors here. 
walking around. They might actually protect me. Oh, they're running away again. <laughs> Too bad. Um, you know what? But in order to get past that big giant instead of attacking him, I'm just gonna call my horse and I'm gonna try to outrun them. And hopefully that'll work. Um, so here we go. Let's see if we can... Let's see if we can make it to the other end of the of the mountain pass. Oh, it's right there. Standing next two big fires, and the giant is right in the middle of them. Oh, he's trying to crush me with his foot. <laughs> Unbelievable. These would make amazing soccer players. Where were they when we were trying to defeat the Spanish soccer players in <laughs> South Africa? <laughs> we need some giants. You know, sometimes people from southern countries. Um, describe the Dutch as giants, which is which is amazing because we definitely have very tall people living here in the Netherlands. I don't know if it's because of the food that we eat, but it's it's sometimes very funny to have people from Spain or Italy uh, on on vacation, tourists, and you see them, you know, walking around and looking at these very tall, giant-like Dutchmen. <laughs> <laughs> and and in in comparison, they look like hobbits. It's it's so funny. I'm actually I'm safe now. I outran the the giant. And let me describe where I am now. I'm in a. It looks like a fortress in the middle of this pass. And uh, there are two gates on my left and on my right side. And on top of the gate, there is a statue of a very fierce-looking warrior dwarf. His sword raised in the air as if he's attacking or as if he's protecting this fortress. And actually, let me just go up these stairs here and see if, if what we can find here. I, yeah, this is definitely an ancient settlement of the dwarves. And, and aren't the... Isn't, isn't the area of the Misty Mountains also the entrance? Or are, aren't there you know, huge caves underneath the Misty Mountains where the dwarves actually did mining and, and stuff? There's certainly some. Yes, in in southern in the southern Misty Mountains, that's where the mines of Moria are. That's oh, the really? big dwarf settlement, or was the big dwarf settlement uh-huh. um, until they all got chased out by the orcs and the and the Balrog that's there. So that might actually explain the presence of these dwarfs here. Um, and there's dwarfs in the northern Misty Mountains too, although Tolkien doesn't. I don't think he goes there in any of the books, but he does talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Well, I was trying to find an entrance to one of these caves. Uh, here's another statue of a dwarf. Looks just like Gimli, you know, big beard. <laughs> um, and it, it, it big seems... Beard? That could be a female dwarf. No, you, you never know. <laughs> you don't know. Apparently, you can't tell from the uh, from the looks of a dwarf whether it's male or female. <laughs> but um, I was thinking, you know, these big statues of dwarfs. Um, could that be because the dwarfs, because of their size, needed to compensate a little bit, and and so they make these gigantic statues of dwarfs? <laughs> yeah, you you get that feeling, <sighs> don't you? Wow, this is a big settlement. Um, Wait, here's something interesting. Let me get off my horse here. Uh, here's a door. And I don't know where it goes. I've never been here. I'm just walking inside. I have no idea what to expect. This might be actually the end of my adventures. Oh, look, I'm in a tomb. Hallmore Stone Shaper's Tomb. Hmm. And there's a dwarf here. Um, 
And this is definitely... What's the name of this settlement? I don't know. Let me take a look at my map. Perhaps it's uh, indicated there's some fires. Actually, my map doesn't tell me right now because I'm inside the tomb and I can only see on the map w where I am right now. But let me describe this. There are three statues of dwarves. There's a warrior dwarf in the middle and two guardian dwarves. And they are guarding what looks like a big tomb. And, um... Oh... Very epic music in the background. And this seems to be the grave of an ancient dwarf. He is... Uh, there is an effigy of the, of the dwarf on, the, on top of the tomb, just like you see sometimes in ancient cathedrals. And he is lying in state, almost. And uh, he carry, he's, he's got this big axe on, in his hands. Perhaps Durin? Durin the Deathless? No, isn't that the... This is this is probably the dude whose tomb it is. The stone shaper guy. Well... Oh! I don't yeah. know, actually. This is hmm. Halmor. It's, it's somebody's Halmor. tomb, so presumably he's buried in there, so maybe that's him. Mm. That's where I he's buried. I don't exactly know. Halmor is, uh, is the dwarf who is guarding this tomb. He's called a stone shaper, so I'm, I'm not exactly oh, okay. sure. We'll have to look it up later It's obviously on. not his tomb. He's still alive. He's still alive, but he might be the guardian of this tomb, and um, it might be related to some quest. We'll, uh, we'll probably revisit in the future. Right now, I'm going to mount my horse again, and uh, we're going to travel north because it's time to wrap up this visit of Middle-earth. And um, in our next episode, we will continue our... Uh, exploration of uh, the Misty Mountains, and we'll also talk a little bit more about evil in um, in Middle Earth. And while I'm leaving these dwarven premises and head for the more dangerous areas filled with mammoths and giants and trolls, perhaps we haven't met any trolls in this episode. Ooh, some, some dwarves are fighting there, <laughs> fighting an elf. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you guys uh, for the quote of this episode. Do we have a quote of the week or a quote of the day? Yes, we do. Our, our Tolkien quote is, you can only come to the morning through the shadows. Very well. Well, I think we just survived the shadows of the Misty Mountains, and I'm heading to hopefully lighter and uh, safer places, although I seem to run <laughs> straight into another den of bears and it's a dead end. So, uh, am I gonna survive here? If you want to know how this ends, check in next time to the secrets of Middle-earth. And uh, if there's another episode, I was able to defeat, defeat or outrun these bears. Uh, thanks, Laura. <laughs> thanks, Dave. I gotta attend to these bears here for a second, but uh, thanks for joining me today in Middle Earth. Thanks for uh, yeah, listening. I'm gonna leave you with that. I'm, uh, I'm gonna right. leave you with the bears. Alrighty, well, check out secrets.sqpn.com for previous episodes. And uh, if you have time, go over to iTunes and write us a review or give us some stars. Uh, that would help us spread the word about this podcast. Also, check out community.sqpn.com. <laughs> If you want to talk with us or discuss things that we touch upon in these episodes. And you can also look for The Secrets of Middle-Earth on Facebook. 
thanks for uh, accompanying us through this dangerous area here in Middle Earth. And while I'm going to prepare myself some bear meat for dinner, I'm saying goodbye. See you next time, hopefully. And God bless. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. I bid you all a very fond farewell. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.